Welcome once again to the Corner Game Table, a podcast about all things board games and the people who play them. This show is being broadcasted from the Executive Gaming Lounge of Cloud City, high above the Tabana Gas Mines of Bespin. I am Josh, one of your co-hosts here at the Corner Game Table, and I'm joined here tonight at this lavish hollow table by the other board members, Andrew, Heather, and Chewbacca. I mean, Drew, how is everybody doing tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. It's really fancy now. (laughs) Can I be Lando? Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Awesome. You should have put your cape on tonight for that. I I know. I know. I know. Oh, would have looked so good. Oh, (laughs) man. Missed opportunity. (laughs) Right. Next time. Yeah. So how's everybody been? Good. 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 I didn't go to a show or anything. Anything fancy like that. I've been sitting in the house. I have also not been to um, 37 shows since the last time we recorded. Some people (laughs) can't say that. Right. Not only that, they got paid to go to shows, which is even better. Which is the best way to do it, really. Whatever. <laughs> so what's that? That's, that's what we keep telling ourselves. <laughs> it gets me through the day. So Right. <laughs> All right. That's excellent. So what's everybody been playing? Oh, man. Ladies first. Heather. Heather, what do you got on? What's on your thing, Heather? Uh- come on. Come on. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll start off with what we finally finished last night, which was Mother of Frankenstein Volume 3. There are three volumes in that game. Nice. Uh, We finally finished it. Um, It ended with us building a 3D version of Berg Frankenstein. Um, And I have to say, now that I've played all three, I think it is a wonderful experience for someone who likes storytelling. I think the story is really well made and really well put together. I think volume one is the best one to get your foot in the door with the game. Um, Volume two has the fun jigsaw puzzle element to it. Uh, But the the final puzzle volume two nearly killed me. (laughs) And I feel like the hint system wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. And then volume three honestly felt like we were just model making at that point. (laughs) We were building the 3d castle and then you have to model make all the like roofs that go on the castle. Yeah. And then there's this story part of the end where you're unlocking doors. I kind of wish there was more puzzle to volume three than there was. Um, but overall, I feel like the whole story that they continued through all volumes were great. Like we had a really fun time like reading that, doing that together. I thought that was really good. My favorite would just be volume one. I think that was the best one that combined story and the right amount of puzzles. Um, so we finally finished that one. That's by Arcane Wonders. Um, and then another one that we got to the table that I really, really enjoyed was the Bears and the Bees. Um, by Grandpa Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't played any of the, those games before, and I got to see the booth at Gen Con. Um, our good friend Josh um, at Meeple House Games walked me over there and introduced me to them. And um, I got the spiel on all the different games that they had at the table, and they had a buy one, get one half off deal. And I was like, okay, well, which two am I taking home? And <sighs> the minute he flipped over <laughs> the bears and the bees, and I saw this like, the hexagon shapes that you're laying on the table, tile laying hexagon shapes with color matching patterns. I was like sold. You don't even have to tell me how you play this game. I'm buying it. And I'm taking it home. <laughs> 
and I love it. I think it's great. I think it's puzzly. It's fun. My son loved it. It's great for the kids to play too. And it has advanced variants that make it a little more challenging. Um, and I have to say, I really like their whole like mantra because it's all like the whole family is like involved in making mm-hmm. the games. They've got the recipe in each of the boxes. Like nice. It's That's really cute. cute. Like yeah. I like the company and I wish I had discovered them like before before you know, two days ago when I started playing the games. <laughs> what was what was the other game you got? Um, so we got the Bears and the Bees and we got Nuts for Mutts because that <laughs> one's like an Uno style game. Yeah, so sure. I thought that one would be easier for my six year old to play with. We us. did on our site. We did a review for Cover Your Kingdom. Yeah, which is, uh, it's a kind of a retheme of Cover Your Assets. Um, it is very silly and there's a lot of puns in it. And I appreciate Grandpa Beck's humor a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was I was really, really impressed with um, just how fun the game is. And they have the whole story in the back about like, especially like the bears and the bees was like about his grandpa um, who kept bees. Like, I mean, there's a whole like story behind it. And then having Grandma Beck's recipe in there, like it's just a really cute package altogether. So I'm definitely going to be getting more of their games. I know they've got the one with crumble cookies mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and there's, everyone's told me about Skull King. So there's like a lot that I, a lot more so I want to check that out. That game is so good. <laughs> like you owe it to yourself to buy Skull King and just throw it in your bag when you go to a convention and then just be like, I don't know how to play this game, but we're all going to figure it out and get like 10 people right. around the table. <laughs> like, it's, it's just really good. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I was just so pleasantly surprised and I really, really liked it a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to check out more of those games in the future. That's excellent. How about you, Drew? Awesome possum. So before I, I'll go ahead and let you know, just going straight forward into it. Uh, we played a couple of underdog games, uh, tabletop games uh, this past weekend. Let me just clarify on the story. We're kind of at a point uh, as we are going throughout life, my wife and I, and throughout the pregnancy and whatnot. The one way that I can now convince her to play a game with me is to leave it out. I leave it out on the dining room table, just right there. That's where we play our games. And I'll leave, I'll lay it out there probably around Sunday, Monday, somewhere around that time frame. And come by Saturday, she's really ticked off at me because I've left it there. And she says, All right, I want to play. All right, I just want to beat you so you can put it up, get it out of the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my strategy for the last like month and a half now. And I really wanted to play. Uh, these games that I got from Underdog Games. And it was uh, Her Story, which we've already played before. I was like, let's play this, get warmed up. Uh, As well, I know Danielle, who designed the game, and it was really cool to uh, get to know her, hang out with her at these conventions, things like that. And then uh, the other one is Trekking Through History. So those are the couple of games that I was able to play. Very... Uh, very easy to learn and go with. Uh, you have to combination of what I believe personally, I might be wrong in this and might have to look at board game geek about it, but the way, because this was the first time playing trekking through history. Um, I felt like it was a bit of a resource management type of game because you're also, uh, traveling through history and every card that you pick up, you receive, uh, that resource, but you also have to move your um, little timer 
with each one. So you have to kind of be managing what cards that you pick up. Now, I might have that completely wrong with what resource management <laughs> is, but <laughs> but uh, there is some sort of management that goes throughout the game, and that is being sure to say, hey, I have to be careful with what I'm going to pick up because you only get a certain amount per round. It's three rounds. It was a super quick game. Uh, probably played it in maybe 25 minutes or so, uh, trekking through history. And her story is, uh, I just, I love the whole setup of both of those games. The mat's very nice. The cards are very slick. Everything about those, both of those games are just absolutely wonderful. But those are the two games that I've actually played this past weekend. And so, Josh, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle was actually the guest on our show last week. I actually I saw, that. saw that. Yeah, I <laughs> saw that too. I was like, hey, I know these two. <laughs> uh, yeah, she shared some stories that I had to cut out of the recording. <laughs> they were not quite family appropriate stories, but we laughed. So <laughs> what are you that's great. Do? Yeah. Josh, you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, how about you? All right. I played a lot. Um, we uh, So we've been getting ready for CuseCon, which is coming up in a couple of weeks out in Syracuse. It's um, hosted by Mike Giuliano of Th Third World Studios. Um, he's got a he's got a whole kind of convention scene out there in Syracuse, and this is kind of the big convention of the year. So um, this is just a playing con. I there are there's a couple of like super small vendors, but it's mostly just for hanging out and playing games. The whole family's going out. Um, the family gamers is kind of like sponsoring and hosting like the kids area at the convention. So it'll be a good time. Um, so we've been boxing up games that we're going to put on the for sale table. And, uh, I have four sealed boxes behind me and at least two more that are, um, that are filled with games that we just have to kind of process. But as part of that, we're, we're doing our goodbye plays. Um, <laughs> some games like we'll play it one last time. Nice. So we, we played a goodbye play of title blades, heroes of the reef. Um, super fun game. I don't know if you've played Title Blades. It's just really big, and it's just a commit. Just a, a commitment, and you can see behind me, I have a lot of commitments on my Calax. And um, at the end of the day, Title Blades was a was a commitment that we felt like we were kind of done making um, in order to play that game. So we did our our final play of that. My twelve year old obliterated us, um, <laughs> which was great. I don't. I don't. You know. I mean. Um, Ken Franklin from, you know, Calliope and some other things always says, I, I don't play to win. I play to grin. And uh, I definitely feel that way when I'm playing games with my kids. So, um, yeah, we got crushed at that. Um, some other stuff we got in for review. I'll kind of talk about them super quick. We got a box from Hachette. Um, this was Danny Lowe's uh, parting gift to us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> put this through the the process right before she uh, she ran over to, to Flat River, which that was a total surprise. Although I guess it shouldn't be, but anyway. Um, and we so we opened the box. There were four games in the box. It was Zombie Kids Flashback, Koale, CDSK, and uh, Nautilus Island. We haven't played Zombie Kids Flashback yet, um, but we have played Koale, CDSK, and Nautilus Island. Um, I will talk about one of those for the sake of time. Which one do you guys want to hear about? Whichever one tickles your fancy. <laughs> Josh, Which Heather. one would you play again? That's I, a good I one. actually liked all three of them. Um, 
I will say in the family gamers community, the biggest questions were around Nautilus Island. So I'll talk about that. But I figured I would open it up to the hosts to see if there was something they were curious <laughs> about. So Nautilus Island is this game. Where it's basically, it's like a set collection game where you are trying to um, more or less play sets of colored cards. And so the Nautilus is a submarine. Um, and uh, I think it's a submarine. Um, so the, it's, on the, it's on the board and you lay cards out there in in so there's one two three four five six seven eight maybe eight columns the first two columns have um one card and then like stacks of cards one one stack and then the second two have like two stacks next to each other so it's it's getting you know and then and then the rest of them have three so i guess it's only six whatever um so every column has like more stacks of cards in it and so what you do is you you will put your your little guy on let's say your everybody's placing on the top side of uh of the nautilus so you place your your guy at the top side and then you can either play cards from your hand into your tableau equal to or less than the number of cards stacks in your column or you can pick up the top card of each card in the stack and so everybody puts their guy down um you can't go to the same column as somebody else everybody does their stuff for a round and then it switches to the other side and then everybody does their stuff at the bottom. The game ends when I think two stacks run out. Um, and the scoring conditions of the game are when you place your cards down, you can only create one set of each color in your tableau. And so at some point um, you're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm done with this color. I'm never going to play this color again into, into my tableau. You take the porthole token that kind of finishes that color and you put that on your stack and you know it's like the top porthole token is for you know a, a set of five is worth more than the second portal token for a set of five is worth more than the third token you know for a set of five etc so you're kind of incentivized to complete your sets faster than other people because as those tokens come off it's like baron park or, or one of those games as the tokens come off they're going to be worth progressively less and that's pretty much the game it's a kind of cute little rel relatively simple set collection game we played it my entire family, I think. Um, I don't think my 14-year-old played, but like my nine-year-old played with us. And, you know, he, he lost and that's okay. Um, but, you know, it, it's a pretty easy to understand, cute, you know, cute little set collection game. Uh, the other game that we played that was not part of that Hachette thing was Junk Drawer from 25th Century. This game is I want to play that one. It's so good. I love yeah. this game. We <laughs> yeah, played that I've game. Seen it on, I've seen it on tables a couple of times. Man. And I'm really excited about it. it. We were like, you know what? This looks pretty easy. Like, it was the end of the night. We're like, uh, the kids are finally in bed. My wife, we, we were both sick, super sick this past week. Um, I think we had COVID. We're not really sure. Um, but we're just like, <laughs> Does you know, anyone know anymore? I know, right? <laughs> I, we were just like... But I had, but we also hadn't played a game in like a week and a half, and we're like, I just gotta like get some, do something, right? So we we pulled out junk drawer, and we're like, this looks kind of easy, and then we played it three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. So the way junk drawer works is there are um, four. You have four different colored like quadrants, and each one has kind of like a goal. Like you're gonna get, um, you know, points for every like you're i think it's a five each one is a five by five grid and so each one has their own different goal and one of them might be like you get two points for every one of the inner uh squares that's covered that's 
that's the goal. So you're kind of incentivized wherever you place things to put them in the middle. Uh, or it could be, you know, uh, you know, one point for everything on the exterior, whatever. Um, but the, the, the way the game works is Karuba like, so you flip a card and everybody has to place that item into one of their four things. Um, and so you're going to, you're going to go through four cards and you have to put one in each of the four. Uh, so you, it's not like you can like pile stuff into one of them and get it all set and then go on to the next one. So you're kind of forced to distribute. Um, and so you just kind of keep going through it. And as soon as somebody cannot place a tile in their, in their thing, cause if you, if you can place it, you have to. So as soon as someone can't, the game instantly ends. Um, it's just a it's just a fun simultaneous puzzle game. It goes super quick. The rule book has a bunch of diff so there's a ton of these like goal cards, but the rule book has certain things like end of the game as fast as possible. And it's here's here's the four goal cards you put out. And basically you're kind of deliberately putting these polyominoes into these squares in a way that makes it impossible to put something in them later right so you're actually trying to end the game as fast as possible because the you're getting points for empty space not points for filled space um so it kind of like flips Mm. the the normal kind of thing but it's just it's super smart i mean it's an inexpensive game it's it's really fast it's easy to understand big fan junk drawer uh 25th century good stuff very cool Mm -hmm. yeah game's good uh, well, I have been going through uh, uh, a little bit of a culling process in our house. Uh, it was Uh-oh. suggested to me. It was suggested to me by my wife not long ago that I start trying to figure out what games to get rid of. <coughs> suggested. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was aggressively suggested. That I understand. Start figuring out which games I can live without. Um, she suggests but, things to you. Wow. <laughs> I get told. <laughs> so uh so what i've undertaken is uh i've started kind of uh, stacking the deck when it comes to uh putting games out to play with my family and so what i'll do is i'll put a few games out that we legitimately are excited to play and i'll put a few games in that pile that are things that i think probably aren't going to be winners but i feel like we need to at least get them to the table long enough to know that before i push it out the door right and and so to that end we've uh We've been playing some some games that we liked, and then we played some games that we all agreed were we were happy to to send all, along their their merry way. So, um, uh, one of the games we played here recently was actually one that we picked up while we were on our summer vacation in um, Michigan and Wisconsin. We happened uh, to stop at a little game store, and we were looking around in there, and there was a tube of brightly colored dice. Uh, and my wife, uh, very uncharacteristically said, Hey, that looks like a fun game. Why don't we get that? And I was like, well, now I have to buy it. So, (laughs) so I picked up the game. It was called Tenzi, uh, by Karma Games. Okay. Uh, Okay. And I see some heads shaking that I have have experienced said game. I have looked at that game so many times. So just looked. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I I have. Played it and repurposed the dice from that game so many exactly. times. <laughs> so I will say that it it did surprise me a little bit when I when I finally cracked it open and went to read the instructions. I was like, no, no, this is this is it. This is really the instructions because it was literally like two paragraphs on a little slip of paper. Um, essentially, the way the game plays, it's it's literally there's there's uh, four sets of uh, colored 
uh, or four sets of 10 colored six siders uh, in the tube. And uh, so it can be played by two to four people. Um, and the, the premise quite literally is that you start with a handful of all 10 dice and you, everybody starts at the same time and you begin rolling dice and you pick a number that you want to start rolling. And then you just, as you start rolling dice, you like, I'm going to take threes. Cause I just rolled a bunch of threes and you set those off to the side and you keep rolling the other ones, trying to get threes. And the first person to get them all on the same numbered side wins the game. And that's literally all there is to it. And, and when I read the instructions, I was like, well, I don't think this is going to go over well, but I, I will say that that was a game that seemed to be more than the sum of its parts, because I was surprised at how much uh, my, my family had fun playing it. Just the, you know, the frenetic pace of just rolling dice, trying to beat everybody else. I think it was just kind of a winner. There's not any strategy to it, obviously. Uh, but if you've got particularly younger kids that just like throwing dice on the table, it was actually kind of fun. We played it with my, uh, uh, my four-year-old and my eight-year-old. Um, and my wife and I, and the little kids had a blast with it. And, you know, it wasn't anything I would ever, um, you know, jump to pull out and bring to the table, but it was exciting to, it was exciting to play with, with, uh, the, the little kids. And, and like Andrew mentioned a minute ago, you know, sometimes that's good enough, right? Sometimes I get, <laughs> I get enough excitement out of just, uh, seeing them excited. So mm-hmm. to that end, it was, you know, it was, it was probably worth the 12 bucks I spent on it. So, but like, but games like that, like strike is a perfect example of an incredibly mm-hmm. simple dice trucker that is super, hey. just like high energy, super fun, you know, easy to get in, easy to get out. So those, I mean, roll for it. Another great example yeah. of that mm-hmm. kind of a game. Mm-hmm. Those things are awesome. Those things are fine. People who say that aren't, those aren't real board games. <laughs> well, exactly. and it even sounds like it would be a game. I mean, that would be a game I would put into a category of like, my kids could pull that game out by themselves and play against each other. Like they they wouldn't need us. They could go ahead and play a game together. That is one of the best things like in the summertime when you walk out into the living room and like your kids are sitting on the floor playing a board game together mm-hmm. and they're like, shh, mom and dad, you don't want to wake up mom and dad, but they're playing a board game. It's like, mm-hmm. I've arrived. <laughs> oh, adorable. Yeah, yeah. I have achieved my goal. It's right. going to take more than one, Drew. You're going to need more than one for that, though. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, uh, or get them into solo games early. Right, right. whatever it takes, man. Um, and, you know, and, and Tinsy has a couple of variant rules where you can, like, there's one that we did kind of play there for a while where instead of just trying to roll the same number on all 10 dice, uh, as you roll this, the number that you're trying to get, you have to stack them one on top of each other. And if your pile of D sixes falls, then you have to start over again. That oh, no. was kind of, that was kind of fun with the older kids because there was a, you know, there was a, a, a piece of dexterity added to that. Right. And it was right. frustrating when you'd get eight of them stacked up and then they'd fall, fall to the table. But, uh, uh but yeah, that one was interesting. Um, Another game that we got uh, to the table that I've actually had for I don't know how long on my shelves uh, was Heroes of Metro City. Uh, it, was, it was designed by uh, David Bostrom and James H. Waller and published by Threesome Games. Uh, I believe it was Kickstarter only. I don't know that I've ever seen it in a store. Um, I purchased it secondhand at a, uh, uh, some kind of a big uh, trade day that I went to. Uh, and it had been sitting on my shelf for several years and I decided I'd better get it to the table once and decide if it needs to stay or go. Um, Heroes of Metro City is a 
Uh, it's an interesting game. It's got a superhero theme um, and it is very much uh, akin to the likes of um, Dominion and other uh, first generation deck builders. Uh, the idea is that you take uh, you take a number of piles of essentially superpowers uh, and put them out on the table. You start with some very basic like uh, I don't remember exactly what they were punches and kicks, that kind of kind of thing. Um, and then as you start playing through the rounds, the basic cards that you start with, uh, one type of them attacks and one type of them is your, is your, your currency that you use to buy the, the powers that are in the, the middle of the table. And so as the game progresses, you're, um, collecting those cards and building your deck. And then there are, uh, three piles of, uh, villains. There's uh, the the overall boss that you're trying to beat, and then there's kind of a second tier villain, and then there's kind of the throwaway henchman. Uh, and so, as you play from round to round, if you have enough uh, attack points to be able to take down one of those uh, one of those guys, then you can um, take them down. And they actually, um, rather than leaving the table, they go into your deck, and they end up giving you some uh, additional things to work with when that card comes back up. Uh, which was kind of interesting. The other thing that made it a little different was the um, uh, the three different types of villains attack every turn unless you're able to do something to to negate their attack, right? Uh, and so you were able to, you know, obviously, if you attack them and um, and hit them for a greater point value than their total hit points, then they leave the table and don't get to counterattack. But uh, but there was also some things that you could do to um, work the system so that you blocked one of the particular types of villains that turns their attack didn't hit. Um, and what, what kind of made it interesting is their attacks typically didn't do anything directly to you. What they did is they acted to whittle down the, uh, the piles in the middle of the table faster and you lost the game. If, uh, if a certain number of those power decks in the middle of the table got zeroed out and you couldn't continue. Um, and so there was a little bit of an internal clock built to it, which was kind of interesting. It was a kind of an interesting next step onward from the typical dominion, you know, deck builder style that, that you see. Um, having said that we played through the game and, and kind of felt like it maybe outstayed its welcome a little bit. It, uh, it took every bit of, I think an hour and a half to play, which was pretty long for a deck builder. Um, and by the time we got to the end of it, we were just kind of, wishing that the villain would kill us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. not the, the feeling that you're supposed to get out of it. Um, but where did uh, the fun go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, I don't know that I could put it up there with other um, better deck builders that have come along, but uh, uh, certainly the theme was there. And if you're interested in superhero games, it might be worth a try if you can find it. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, we actually had a, um, a lock-in with the Boy Scout troop that I'm uh, a part of uh, this weekend, and we got a chance to play a couple of simple games, uh, Garbage Day being one of them, published by Mayfair Games. It's a little game that comes in a trash can that you may have seen, a little plastic <laughs> trash can. Uh, what makes it really interesting is it's it, literally what's inside the can is just a deck of cards. Uh, but the, the, each of the cards has two small pilot holes drilled about two thirds of the way up the card. Um, and so the idea is that the, the theme of the game is that you are, um, you're all, 
slovenly kids basically who who continue to let garbage you know pile up in your rooms and um and as you draw cards out of the main draw deck um one of the things that you have to do is play a card out to the 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 trash can put it put something in the trash and that's accomplished by taking one of the cards in your hand and you have to um you have to play it to the stack of cards that are on top of this open face trash can in such a way that you can see down through those two little two holes and see the table on the outside of the trash can. So what that forces you to do is continue to put the cards just a little further out than the ones you're stacking them on. Mm-hmm. And it creates this big fanned out circle as you get going. And you're trying to basically not be the one that puts the card on there that makes all half the cards fall under the table. Right. Um, and so it's kind of a fun little dexterity game. And there's some back and forth with some, uh, strategy cards that are built in there where I can, you know, I can force drew to take five or six cards that I've got into his, into his room. And if your room gets so you. messy, <laughs> I, well, you know, I mean, as you would, right. And then I'd expect nothing less, you know, all those things that I forced drew to take might make his room so dirty that he had to then clean his room, which means he has to take everything that that's in his room pile and stack them one at a time onto that trash can. And, you know, that usually ends up with more, more cards falling off of it. So it's a lot of fun, particularly if, uh, you know, if there's some, uh, kids involved, you know, just the, the, the dexterity element of it makes it a lot of fun, man. Love me a good dexterity game. Mm. Mm. Reminds me of, um, we reviewed, I'm looking back. This was six years ago. Oh my gosh. We reviewed a game called tumble tree from blue orange games, Hmm. which is very similar. It's, it comes in a in a can, and basically you take the can and you put the cover on, and then you have these tie these like almost circleish kind of looking cards that you have to play on it, and you're trying to create the canopy of a tree, and you don't want you know you don't want it to fall off. So similar kind of idea. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it has a fun light theme, and uh, you know all of the different things that you're trying to stack into the garbage are all like you know and and you know, moldy lunch meat or, you know, a dirty sweat sock. And so mm-hmm. there was some, there's some fun things there that, you know, kids like dirty, gross things. And so that was fun. All right. So with that, we're going to talk a little bit about Gen Con, which happened here recently. And several of us were there to experience it firsthand. So, uh, uh, oh, I'm getting a a sad, dejected look from Andrew. (laughs) I'm going to share that dejected look. (laughs) So how was Gen Con, guys? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> That's oh what I've heard. God. I'm, oh, uh, my God. I'm, I'm really going to go next year. Like I've been saying that for a decade. I'm really going to go next year. It was my it was my first time. I think it, Drew, it was yours, too, right? Yes, it was. Gen Con. Yes. Yeah, I a lot of people warned me about it, and a lot of people were correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is very there were so many people. Um, I think they said I at one point heard close to 90,000 people like I heard it was like pre COVID levels and beyond like, and of course, the fact that Lorcana was there didn't help anything. So like everyone was there for that. And um, it was just it was very overwhelming for me. <laughs> overwhelming, overstimulating. Um, and I 
spent a good amount of time going back into the first exposure room where Wets Games had a table where Drew and Josh and I would retreat to um, to get a breather because the, <laughs> the vendor hall was just like shoulder to shoulder people, like one aisle going one way, the other side of the aisle of the people heading the opposite direction and everyone's just shuffling along. <laughs> That's what, what it felt like. Um, so that that was like my initial reaction to the entire thing. Um, but I did like being able to see everyone. I feel like there were a lot of people there, like creators, all the publishers, of course. Like it was cool to reconnect with everybody um, and get to meet people in person that I still hadn't met yet in person from social media and different platforms like that. Um, and of course, just get to see different games that were coming out because um, that's the place that a lot of games are finally like premiering or where you could go and purchase them finally um so i mean that was that was really cool being able to do that um but drew what was your initial reaction <laughs> to gen con it was exactly what i was just kind of expecting uh i you know kicked a couple of those wagons that people would carry i kept on trying my best to knock over anybody who wore an all play uh backpack i tried to be really <laughs> yeah. really mean about it because i'm like you're way there's little space and you're taking up way too much with this like just <laughs> get a normal book bag you'll be okay go home order it online you know you you got you can do this anyways but it was exactly what i expected um I, my experience was every most of my meetings that I had was during the afternoon. So uh, Heather and Josh would come and relieve me from the table in the morning, and I would go and complete my meetings and go throughout the whole hall. And it was it was a wild experience in itself, but I met so many wonderful people through the experience of it. There was just so much that could be done throughout the whole entire process. I thought, I mm -hmm. thought, wow, there is just way too much to do. That's why, I, that's why I go into these things and I don't really plan anything. There might be two or three things that I plan at most, but I think it was somebody told me, oh yeah, I've got something scheduled every single hour. And I said, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't attend <laughs> these conventions and just be, overbooking myself into just every single way. I just, I can't do that. And so I was able to enjoy a whole lot more time uh, just being able to attend my meetings as well, get to see what's out there, get to see the cool things that I, I could see and see all the fun creative booths that people were able to put out there. I wish I could have gotten to play more games, but overall it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, I definitely heard that this was the um, convention. People were like, you're not going to be playing any games, really. Because um, it is more about like, go, go, go. There's people have lots of meetings. Um, so there's really not a lot of gameplay, especially if you're there for work, especially or like a content creator or anything like that. You're you're just too busy kind of like going around and there's just too much going on. I think I only played two yeah. games total. The entire time, and they were both on the very last day. And Heather also eventually forgave me too. That's an that's another thing. She forgave <laughs> me 
Uh, <laughs> she sat there and watched. I had a friend of friend of a mutual friend of ours. He sat there, pulled it out of his backpack, and said, "Hey, do you want this whole box of Lor- Lorcana cards?" And I was like, "Nah, I'm I'm good." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Heather Heather was sitting there the whole time and was like, "What What is wrong with you? Why do you Why yeah, are you not I taking like- this?" This is an opportunity right. to make some money because clearly everyone else was at Gen Con that got the right. I have morals, okay? I'm not going <laughs> to scalp it and sell it on eBay. I'm sorry. Just that all that Lorcana stuff is just gross. It was it is wild. Not the I game, mean, like, <laughs> the people acting right. in a gross way, and I, I have no opinion about the game at all. Agreed. I mean, yeah, completely agreed. <laughs> well, and and just watching some of the videos that were coming out um, from from. Gen Con, you know, just the length of that line, just to stand in line to spend your money. You know, it's not like it was on sale. It was for sale. It was not on <laughs> mm-hmm. sale. Right. Mm-hmm. And people stood in line for hours just to yeah. get whatever they could get out of it. And and then, yeah, I just out of curiosity, I got on eBay the the first day Gen Con was over just to see what Lorcana stuff was on there. And I mean, not surprising cards. Those promo cards were were way up there in price. It's just I don't know. It's yeah, just it was ridiculous. It was wild. I was kind of glad that yeah, I really didn't care about that <laughs> going into Gen Con. Oh, absolutely. Because people absolutely. people were lining up like the night before, um, just to get in the line. Uh, for me, the highlights. I mean, I had games that I definitely wanted to go check out, and I still missed some. Like Junk Drawer was there, but I totally completely missed that one i made sure i got diced veggies you mm-hmm. know went by ktbg and got that i was like i had, that's a must buy um i didn't get wild tiled west that was one that i really wanted to grab from Ooh, dire i'm Wolf. excited about that too yeah, i've heard like a lot it, about that game a lot of people such a cool looking things. game mm-hmm. i mean if you just say polyomino i'm like here's my money <laughs> like <laughs> give me the game <laughs> and then you put oh. cowboys on top of that right even better yeah <laughs> I, I have 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 any of you total aside have any of you played the magnificent I have, I have not. not. Cannot okay. say that I have. That is another polyomino game that people have talked about. And a friend of mine mm. just messaged me earlier today and was like, hey, you want to come over on Friday and play The Magnificent? Huh. So. See, there's another one I need to add to my list. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, no, I think, sorry. but for me, I think my highlights probably of Gen Con were um, I got to meet Matthew Lillard which was very exciting Same. for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was super exciting. The first day I had my, my I did have a, a meeting right in early in the morning before the doors even opened to the vendor hall. And so they were able to kind of get me in with an exhibitor badge, the booth so I could get in before the rush. Cause that was just also another wild thing to see. They're like crowds of people just waiting to get into the vendor hall <laughs> in the morning. I got shoved. I got a box. I got knocked with a box at one point. Like Eesh. someone just, not even caring and walking on through the crowd. But I got in, I had my meeting first thing, and then I just walked around a corner and um Beetle and Grimm's is his company with his friends. They make high end RPG accessories. Oh, I didn't and know he, he was, was involved just, in that. Yeah. Um it's like him and his friends created it a while back. Um because they all play together and they wanted to create their own company and I've been talking to them anyway and have meeting meetings with them before. But when I walked over there, I just wanted to say hi. And then he's like standing right there. <laughs> I was like, Matthew Lillard. Oh, my God. I was so excited um, and totally like fangirled on him. It was like, I love 13 ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but he's super nice and super chill. And he was like just helping to sell the products at their booth. And 
I didn't ask for a photo because I didn't want to be extra weird. <laughs> did any? Did either of you go to that Clark Gregg? Uh, uh, what's that uh, YouTube channel? Uh, Corey Thompson's from the Dice Tower. His YouTube Above Board TV. They oh, did yeah. like oh, no. they did like a some kind of a show, and they had a bunch of like famous people, including Clark Gregg. Yeah, there were a lot of like different yeah. events going on so during many. the week. I mean. There was so much happening that I really couldn't even find the time to fit everything in. Um, and the tickets for all the things were selling out, too, mm-hmm. for all the different mm-hmm. like shows and live events. Because Matthew was there because, and not only because he was there for Beetle and Grimm's, but then they did like a live RPG thing, like showing off a Beetle and Grimm's mm-hmm. uh, content that they have. Um, but then another thing I got to do, which was really exciting, um, my highlights were checking out um the infinite rabbit holes game which is that arkham panic in gotham uh panic in gotham city it's like an escape room in a box with puzzles and board game and storytelling and it's got the ar like augmented reality bit to it Hmm. um and it was really really cool yeah it's designed by magicians and ex-imagineers and people in the film and tv industry um, and so I got to kind of go over there and preview that and check it out. And they showed me that, you know, holding the iPad, like looking at these, they had a, a spot on the table where they had the board game out. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of puzzles and things that you're kind of cycling through. Basically, Harley is back at Arkham as a doctor, as a psychiatrist, and Joker is leading you down this path and you're opening all these different files and papers and documents and solving puzzles and, um, and you hold the iPad up to this like 3D model of the city and there's a couple of buildings on the board, but then all these other buildings appear and you've got like helicopters flying around and like train cars going through the city in front of you. And it, at one point you like set this document on the ground on the floor. It prompts you to set this document on the ground from um, Gotham Police Department. And in front of you, this whole like telephone booth just like pops up from the ground and you can walk inside the telephone booth like put gears on the wall of the telephone booth like it's just wild what what you could do in this game i was so excited i'm a huge batman nerd anyway so like (laughs) the whole thing escape room puzzles batman i'm like i love this already um so that was like my favorite thing i think i got to see um and they're just really great people as well so wait who published that infinite rabbit holes is the company they had it on kickstarter for a little while yeah i was just about to say you know i when that was on kickstarter my wallet was jumping onto the keyboard (laughs) and i had talked myself out of getting it because i was like you don't need another batman game you own most of them right and and i was thinking you know that one may be real hard to get to the table and i don't know who i'm i'm gonna play it with but after you talked about it just now my my fomo now is way back it is so cool there's like 50 percent yeah it's like 10 i think they said it's like 10 to 12 hours of gameplay like it's a huge thing it's from what i gather there is some one play element to it but they're also creating more stuff that can be added on to it because the ar allows them to you know once you've solved it okay maybe now something else you've uncovered and now you're using the ar and the box looks different you know in a different way or the files you can scan in a different way and they'll trigger 
different things to happen. So like there is room for them to add more to it, which I think is cool. I, I, I'm looking it up now. I remember this. I also remember the price tag and the reason why yes. I forgot about yeah. this. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was the reason I passed on it. I was looking at the price tag too, and it does have a payment plan, which is always like a yeah, okay. my board game <laughs> if my me. board game meets a payment plan, I am going in a different direction and it's not a commentary on the quality of the game in any way, shape or form. Right. It's my election to do things like put food on the table. Right. Exactly. Well, I will. I will be. I will let y'all know. I will be getting a copy of it because um, I will be collabing with them. Awesome. So you lucky dog. I will let y'all know. <laughs> boo, boo, this woman. Boo. How it, no, how it no, man. I'm no, Jay. Yeah. I'm go, 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 you girl. Yeah. Go, you. You gotta let us know if it's good. If it is, I I'll, will. I'll I'm, chase it I'm, down. I'm so. I mean, I'm definitely like puzzles and all that is definitely yeah. my forte. So I'm very excited to see how how it all works no, i'm seriously I, I was joking i am very excited to hear what you have to say about it so. <laughs> but yeah i mean that was my number one thing that i saw at gen con um i also got to see queen by midnight um which was very popular by darrington press that was another thing that surprised me was so many games at gen con were just like selling out um and a lot of companies uh kind of paced it out like they'd like have so many, so many copies day. yeah per day and they'd sell out so you would have to come back the next day to try to get it um but there were a lot of them that didn't do that and just like sold out like day one and i know a couple of them had distributors i think in atlanta and like warehouses and were able to get stuff on trucks and truck them down overnight friday night to like wow have more on saturday yeah there was a whole um, thing from was a PSI where they like got yes, a whole bunch yeah. of their customers mm-hmm. together and was that. like who wants yeah. what and they like that that's cool like stuff like like that's the feel good <laughs> stories right like I know yeah. it's all bu- that one's all business but still but still yeah it's, it's getting more games into gamers hands right? <laughs> of course it's, it's great but yeah Queen by Midnight's like a deck building game because mm-hmm. um, you were talking about like deck it's deck building mm-hmm. style um, and you're all competing your princesses um of the 12 lands competing to be the queen by midnight because the queen is dead and so there's a all-out battle to kind of battle each other using your Hmm. different tactics and your cards to be the last one standing um so i almost was like this is like pretty pretty princess but like for adults (laughs) (laughs) the dark side of yeah it's like beefed up you know (laughs) and it has this really cool like clock tower that is the turn tracker the clock on it is the turn tracker but it's also a dice tower and it holds the cards for the marketplace so you like build it and construct it um but it's yeah it's a critical roles board game through darrington press um so Hmm. i got a sneak peek at that as well um and that one just looked really cool because I do like deck building games as well. So I thought that one, the art was gorgeous too. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that one plays. Hmm. So for those games you wanted, I assume you just uh, made Drew go stand in line overnight so that he was first one in the door so you could get all that stuff. That was it. That was the deal. So that's how I'm treated around here. So that's all right. <laughs> right. You're the, you're the line holder. I didn't actually get any games that like sold out. <laughs> that <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> I wanted Wizard Kittens and I never got it because it sold out so fast. Mm. I didn't get many games from my haul at uh, Gen Con. I think I probably got at most maybe five. About three of them I got for free just because I won contests or somebody knew me, wanted to collaborate with me. And then two of them I bought myself. And so I was like, hey, that's how that goes. The one that I was excited about was Sushi Boat by Japanime Games. I'm very excited. Oh, looks so cool. 
And so you, it's it's like the little. Uh, what am I trying to think of? It's just like a little, you know, you're at like a, a revolving sushi. Yes, revolving mm-hmm. sushi bar. I guess is the word I'm looking for. And so oh, I've never been. I've yes. never been to one of those. I've wanted to go to those. I've never They're been. They're so to fun. One. Yeah. <laughs> and Someday. so it's so cool how they got the pieces together to make it look like that. Wood, plastic sold me on it uh the guy just said hey look watch this and then just pushed it and i said yeah i want it give it here (laughs) (laughs) i'm a simple man but uh that was that was really it for me uh the one that i eyeballed and i said my wallet will not allow for such a thing was kingdom death monster yeah that's a pretty uh high ticket item isn't it i know i saw i saw it and i said "Ooh, this looks beautiful Ooh, that price is pretty hefty. Never mind. <laughs> it can be as pretty as it wants to from over there. <laughs> and so that's how that kind of worked. But uh, Heather, here's an interesting question I have for you. Yeah. Who had the best booth at Gen Con? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Because people um, spent some money on those booths. <laughs> I, so I saw the lay of the land on a couple of people's videos and, and there were the some pretty one, impressive ones. The one that you could see from everywhere. <laughs> was the eBay booth. Wasn't it eBay that had the giant dragon at the top? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, what are they doing here? <laughs> that one was the, that wasn't the tallest one. It had this giant dragon at the top of it, which I thought was really cool. Um, gosh, I think Cosmos had the one I could walk around in the most. <laughs> that one, yeah. Without feeling kind of like cramped with everybody. They had a lot of space in their booth. What what were they featuring? Because I, I used to do a ton of work with Cosmos and then Tom left for um so they works. had all the advent calendars there. I did go over there because I had a meeting with Court, um, because they keep me in, in exit games. <laughs> um but they, yeah, they had the advent calendars. They had, um, oh, they had the Lord of the Rings game and My Island. So there's a Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. game. I did get both of those. The, um, when you say the Lord of the Rings game, you don't mean the exit box? What, no, what? no, I no. Um, there's a Lord of the Rings. I think it's like Adventure to Mount Doom. Um, okay. In which you're starting in Rivendell with the characters and you're rolling dice. And there's... um. There's different colored dice. Each color represents one of the members of the fellowship. And then you have these two black dice that you roll. Um, and those determine there's like cards at the bottom of the board. So depending on what location you're currently, your fellowship is currently at, like you start in Rivendell. So there's a Rivendell deck. You divide it out into like, I think there's like six or seven cards at the bottom of the board. And those black dice will trigger two of those cards in the bottom and they're either um, allies or they're foes that you have to fight. The allies give you like one use things that you can do, um, but you're just trying to make your journey to Mount Doom and you start in okay. Rivendale and okay. then each location you get to, um, if at once everybody gets there and the ring bearers get there, you get to clean out the deck on the bottom, pick up the new location deck, spread it out. Um, it's really, really creative in the gameplay and the mechanics of it. Um, and my husband and I got to try it out at Origins. And so we finally got a copy of it in the mail mm-hmm. um, along with my island. So I know those are the two like big ones. And then they had like their up and coming um, advent, big advent calendar out. Yeah. Super cool. Sweet. Super cool. What about you, Drew? Um, what was the <laughs> booth that you thought was the most interesting? Oh, gosh. Uh, I didn't know that question was going to get turned around on me. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Well, it really depends on which one that you want to talk about with that. Had the most people at it? Had this or that? It just really depends on what it was. The There were several of them that I thought were very interesting. Uh, the Doomlings one was very interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw that. So they have I an did. actual wheel that you can spin with lights and sounds and all this uh-huh. fancy stuff. Where you They had like a scavenger hunt. They had that too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had that too. I heard about that. They were very creative with their marketing on that. Mm-hmm. The... Next one, I would say, is Kess Entertainment. Uh, and so, uh, or is it, is it Kessco? I, I apologize. I'm, I may be wrong in that. But um, they do a lot of games that are based around older, nostalgic video games, TV shows, things like that. One comes to mind is a board game about Mega Man. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but their booth was you know, had all of their games that were laid out and how they're all packaged just like an old Nintendo uh, cartilage game. It's super cool. Right. Nice. Super it. cool. That's cool. Uh, the, fi- the final one I'll say was just simple, and that's just because he's a he's he's a friend of mine. He has two, two of his games right there and showed all the stuff right there, and I loved how open and wide that it was just spacious. You could walk around in the booth, everything of that sort. And that would have to be Pine Island games. Jasper and his games uh, were there. He had just got sigil out as well. Uh, He was showing off nut hunt too. So these are all super cool uh, publishers and games for people to just kind of check out. But also the booths were just so nice that's the word Mm -hmm. i'm just going to use they were so nice and so catchy and quick for people to be able to go up to be able to have a good conversation have some fun Mm -hmm. all types of different things as well get to see the games on display so that was yeah that was my takeaway with the people who had some of the best boots of course i i didn't stay too long to look at the booths and things like that because you had to move with the crowd whether you liked it or not. <laughs> I know, right? You couldn't linger very long. No, you like could Trying to swim upstream. Yeah. I think by like 11 a.m. the first day, I was like, oh, no. Because I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to make as much content as I thought I was going to. No, no. Did you guys get over to Lucas Oil at all? I did not. I like never made it over there because apparently it was kind of a trek to get over there. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I saw a lot of pictures and videos of it and it looked so cool. We mm. had some friends over there that were um, demoing their games. Like one first games was over there. Um, Sparky was over there with his game, Drew. I know. Yes. Um, Apothecary. I couldn't find a way to get over there. They were all well, like, hey, <laughs> come on, come on. How do I get over there? I would love to go, but how do I get there? <laughs> you have yeah, to go I, Batman style across the rooftop. <laughs> right <or something>. I, <laughs> I, I was, I think, I think it was the last show I was in Indianapolis, which was two weeks before Gen Con um, or a week before Gen Con. And so I saw, I drove by Lucas Oil. I was like, bye. You're going to be really busy in a week and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was surprised too at how many babies there were at Gen Con, like baby babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this has got to be so overstimulating for these. They babies. have a rule, I think, at Unplugged where you can you're not supposed to have a stroller in the like actual mm-hmm. uh, area. So I don't. W- w- did they have that? I don't well, remember seeing or... a lot of strollers. I did mm-hmm. see some strollers, but not like 
a lot. A lot of people were just wearing yeah. the babies. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't notice. I'd get tunnel vision and be like, I got to get inside <laughs> to the vendor hall. Mm-hmm. Well, I described it. I felt like the vendor hall, I kept describing it, like, especially to my husband. I said it, it felt like walking in there, I had to have a plan as to who I was going to see. And then I was getting out because it felt like going to the grocery store without a list. <laughs> walking around in there yeah, that <laughs> is the best totally way to describe it. it i would get so distracted <laughs> yeah and i was like nope i just need to i like look for the numbers and i'm like i gotta go way over there and then <laughs> for see who i gotta show, see and i'm yeah. getting out for like, every show that's like my saving grace is i only care about like games that i could play with my family like they're not necessarily family games i say right. this all the time <laughs> but it's like there is almost nothing from Japanime games that I'm going to play with my kids, for example. So I, I just like, I respect them as a publisher. They do their thing, but like, nope. Right. Like I just don't, right. like, you know, so I, I can skirt a lot of place, a lot of publishers just, just because of what we choose to cover on mm-hmm. our site. Thank I mean, goodness. you were you were really moving with the crowd and yeah. I felt like there were so many times that I'd go by someone's booth with the crowd and I like, couldn't make it over there and then we just lock eyes and i'd wave and just keep going because <laughs> i couldn't yeah, like, like, get over shrug, like ah. talk about yeah i'll try to come back i don't know digital <laughs> hug a little uh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's probably no such thing as stopping in the aisle and talking no to no it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh i gave those I people did... whoever stopped in the middle i'd always give them the dirty looks i'd just be right. like right get out of there. i would assume if you did that drew would be right behind you just pushing you right and telling you to get going right come on get on <laughs> i do want to know drew what were the games that you got to play all right um, i only played two um, what were the ones you got you go first okay uh oh wow I am going to have to look up what that game was. Our European team, one of the members over there, brought a game back from Pegasus. Uh, from Pegasus, And the thing is, is it's a game that they're hiding because they're s- quietly ashamed of it. And they don't want to say <laughs> it, but they are because there's so much wrong with the box. But the game itself was actually really fun. So I'm going to have to go back and look that one up. I, I just totally lost that one. It's a top secret one. game. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just one that they're like, oh, yeah, we have that game. Yeah, it's there. Um, let's see. That was one of them. The other one was... Uh, I got to play, I'm pretty sure I got to play Sirens again. Either that or I watched Matt with Envy Born Games play it because that was that was it. The other thing was, if you, if Heather, if you remember uh, West, um, mm-hmm. he is helping out and helping create this game called, I think it's Claw, I think is the game. Claw, yeah. I yeah. think that's the game. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't get to technically play that but I watched and looked at how he described how to play it and it looked so good. And the one game that I am very upset that I didn't get the chance to play was with Wonderboat Games and it was Kelp. And what the thing mm-hmm. is, is they were right beside the what's their table was like right beside the what's games table. So I got the, I missed the chance to play it, but I got to watch and see how it is played, how it goes down. And I thought that was super cool was seeing how that was played. So again, I don't feel like I got to play a lot of games, like I said, but I learned a lot of games and it's made me interested. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to check out claw. Yeah. I'm going to check out kelp. I'm going to definitely try to back that. But Heather, you go ahead with yours. 
I'm gonna look up this game that I played <laughs> with me. So my <laughs> So my I only got to play two. I got to play test um R2I, uh Road to Infamy, who did Canvas, the Canvas games. They're coming out with a new one called Fromage. Um, and I got to play that. It's like a midweight Cheese Euro. Game. Yeah, it's like a midweight Euro. Uh, worker placement and the board in the middle is four quadrants like a cheese it's round and it like rotates it spins like planet unknown oh like a big wheel of cheese yeah and you get to play on your so whatever quadrant is facing you is the one you play with on your turn and everybody plays simultaneously you place your little cheese your little cheese pieces and then they have these little um quadrant little cheese uh triangle things with little meeples on top of them that you place over your cheese that you place and then once you're done god i have to own this it's really cool (laughs) (laughs) once you're done placing your your workers then you spin the entire board so then you're working in the next quadrant but you also have like your creamery in front of you so you can like earn resources as well you can earn you know cows you can earn milk you can earn fruit to then get more points in the game um, so it's very thematic. It um, has a lot of moving parts. And at first I was thinking, oh, this is going to be kind of a lot. But you really are just co- concentrated on that one quadrant that's in front of you, which I think really helps for decision making. Um, and so you're not having to think about the other ones. Um, and as you're spinning, the little like um, pieces that are the triangles that have the little meeple people on top of them. Whenever you spin the board, you look, and if any of your player pieces are pointed towards you, you get to collect them, and then you get to use them on the, on your next hmm. turn. So the placement of it, the mechanics are really cool. Um, so I get to play test that. I'll also be doing that one on my Twitch stream next month. Um, it'll be launching on Kickstarter. Um, and then I finally got to play... Um, What's the the Tokyo um, train uh, roll it flipping right with Tokyo? Okay, okay. There's a London one, and then this is the Tokyo one, but it's like a flipping right game, and I can't think of what it's called. Next it's like, station. I don't know if it's next station London. Next yes. station Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's next station Tokyo. I got to play that one, <laughs> um, and that one was actually really cool. It was, I think I. I played it at a point in the evening where my brain didn't want to work anymore, but <laughs> that's me at like 7 PM every night. I'm like, ah. But I was like, just trying to grab onto what I could like understand. <laughs> and then apparently, cause I haven't played the London one. Apparently the London one is much easier. So like people were like, now that you played the Tokyo one, London's going to be so easy for you to play. <laughs> so I, but I, I really like flipping rights. I like rolling rights. I like flipping rights. And I had been wanting to try one of those because that's on BGA as well as the London one. So I wanted to be able to know how to play them. Um, and so I did get to play that one, which was pretty fun. All right, nice. Drew. All right. I got <laughs> it. I found it. I got it. It is called Pray Another Day. Now, it is about. It's a bluffing card game about animals coming out of hibernation and hunting those who are still hibernating. So it's a really it's a really fun game where you just basically place your cards face down and then it goes into a sequence of who wakes up and who's going to eat slash hunt who. So for example, the the animals are a bear, a wolf, a lynx, an owl, 
and a mouse. Now, each of those animals has a certain point to it, uh, but first off, it'll be the bear that wakes up, and whoever plays the bear, they flip their card over, and then they're asked, okay, what animal are you hunting? And then they'll name off an animal, and anyone who's played that, they're going to get points from that person that played that animal. So the mouse is going to be the highest. Of course, the bear's zero points, but uh, so the lowest will probably be uh, either the bear or the wolf. So that was a really fun game. It was played really quickly, 15 minutes. The reason why they're not really pushing it, from what I remember looking at it, the art is very strange on it. The box had a lot of misspelled words on the side and everything. There was so (laughs) much that you could visually look at and say, that's something, there's something wrong here. But you could also sit back and say, the game is pretty good. So if you enjoy bluffing games, that that one is a really good one that I enjoyed. It was quick, simple, and it just kind of went from there. First one, I think it was 10, 15 points was the winner. So it was a very quick game and just simply a lot of bluffing and social deductions and the stuff that I enjoy, the stuff that I like to do because lying's fun, kids. Do it more. (laughs) (laughs) And I assume that's pray another day, P-R-E-Y, right? (laughs) It depends on what side of the box you're looking at. (laughs) That was a good joke. That was a good joke, Drew. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to talk a little bit about what we've got in front of us the next uh, couple of weeks. What uh, What's going to be coming to your table, Heather? Um, well, we are going to... Um, we got a bunch of different games, obviously still Gen Con, trying to work through our <laughs> Gen Con games. Um, we're going to try to get uh, Wild Realms to the table. Um, that's my Daywalker Syndicate. Um, it just uh, fulfilled. It was on Kickstarter. Just um, got fulfilled. Uh, but they, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful card game um, in which you are trying to lock. Uh, you're playing animal cards to different realms. Um, there's like an air realm, a water realm. Um, you have four realms at the top of your board. You have an alliance of animals at the bottom. Um, and you're playing cards either to the realms or to your alliances. And your animals in your alliance can attack other people's realms. Um, it's one that I didn't think I was going to enjoy as much as I did. And I got to play it at Dice Tower East um, and really enjoyed it. And I got a copy of it um, at Gen Con. And I'm excited to get it to the table to show my husband because I think he'll really enjoy that one. I think that'll be a fun one for him. And my son actually really liked it at Dice Tower East, too. So I think that'll be a good one for the three of us to play together. Um, yeah. How about you, Andrew? Oh, so much. Um, so we, uh, well, I mentioned we've got a convention coming up in a couple of weeks, a little small convention. So I'm really looking forward to getting a a lot of, um, shelf of opportunity stuff to the table at that one because it's just playing games all weekend, right? So we're just going to abandon responsibilities for three days and, you know, be kind of stupid. But, um, we, so, um, Fireside Games sent us the Castle Panic Big Box 
Um, I, I might have talked about it on the show a little bit ago. I don't remember. It, it's not the deluxe crazy right. one, but it's the not, big box. not the one that I'm using as an ottoman right now because <laughs> it's so huge. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's it's coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to do our kind of big uh, content release for that. So I've got three pieces of content that are coming out that week on the website. Plus, we're actually going to be doing an interview show with Justin and Amory Dewitt. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So there's going to be a lot of castle panic in our future, including the crowns and quests or quests and crowns expansion, which is the latest expansion. I can never get the name yeah. right. Um, so I'm really excited for that because that, you know, the the first three expansions add stuff to the game, but don't don't really change the primary dynamics of the game. And this one really does. And so I'm really excited to get that to the table. Um, we just released a review for Unmatched Marvel Teen Spirit with... Uh, um squirrel girl and ms marvel which is super super fun uh so we're we're pivoting to Ra from 25th century games we're going to be playing the heck out of that one nice yeah um and then there's another game that's hitting kickstarter soon called running out of time um again another thing i might have mentioned on the show this is from jay cormier who did um mind management he did uh harrow county harrow county Mm -hmm. um belfort he (laughs) He uh, he did the um the fail. F- he does all the fail faster stuff. If you're into mm-hmm. board game creation stuff at all, that's his thing. Um, Running out of time is a board game in which the meta game of the game is um, working on game design stuff. So like the first chapter is a is a basic roll and move game, and then it's like a book that you literally read through. So you're reading a plot, and then there's a game, and then like there's a bunch of stuff that kind of walks you through like how do you modify this game to add decision space for players because right now all you do is roll a die and then do what it says and and so it you're playing a game while you're making a game um or or designing a game or or editing the game that's in the book um so there's going to be hitting kickstarter in probably like four to six weeks i think the preview links are already kind of floating out there so we're playing a bit of that as well these days and um definitely going to be playing some more of that i'm playing that with my 12 year old um Star Trek Cryptic, another one that we're two missions into. We've got one more to go. Uh, I think I see the Indiana Jones version on Heather's shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played I any do. of that yet? We have not yet. What we're yeah. gonna, what we're planning on doing is um, that'll be coming up when I get back from PAX West. We're going to mm-hmm. watch the movies oh, with my son okay. and then okay. play because there's like one in there for each of the movies. Okay. So yeah, we're going to watch the movie, then solve work on the one for that movie and then okay yeah the star trek one is i mean it's very star trek but it's not tied to a specific plot in that way there's just there's the 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 world and i don't say anything bad about indiana jones because i love indiana jones but the world is a bit richer in the Mm -hmm. star trek universe so (laughs) (laughs) there's a little bit more scaffolding to build to you know to kind of put on that um but yeah so so we've got uh, another scenario of that that we're playing as well and you know what is on our shelf that we got that we still haven't gotten to the table is Disney animated. I was so excited to get it, and it just has not. We just it's other stuff Same. Has been coming out. I don't. Same. It's crazy. Um, but I expect a lot more junk drawer as well. That game is just so easy to play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of a lot, I guess. But you know, I actually took a day off of work this week, and my kids are going back to school. So. Uh, the first day that they're in school, I'm I'm gonna let my wife have the day, and then the second day, Thursday, I took the day off, and just the two of us are just gonna sit around and do nothing, um, but hopefully play some games. That'll be nice. That's a that's a great place to <laughs> play some games in. Yeah. 
How about you, Drew? The two that I have to play for both reviews and just because I want to, it's going to have to be Sushi Boat by Japan Anime Games. And I'm looking forward to that one just because I have no idea how to play. It just has some really cool looking pieces to it. And I'm very excited that that's all that gets me <laughs> again. I'm a simple man. The next one <laughs> is going to be uh, token terrors battleground by terrible games, independent, uh, publisher very, and very, very intrigued by this because it's a two-player game where you are drafting an army of ten token terrors uh, and you're compiling it together to battle each other in a 7 by 7 battleground uh, grid. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be mixed into it. There's going to be Decisive choices, action point management, area control, pressure luck. There's a lot of stuff that's going to actually be looking into that. And I'm just looking back at what uh, what I was told it was like. And I'm very excited because all of those mixed together is going to be super cool. And I look forward to it. I did an unboxing of it last month. And this, uh, I'm going to finally get it to the table. It's just been an absolutely rough month to try and get some games in. And so I am just so excited to have at least some sort of normalcy, <laughs> normal, <laughs> nor something normal going forward, somewhat, somewhat. So I say that with baby going to be here at any point in time. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Your life is about to be thrown into right. some, some turmoil. Oh, this is such a great encouraging podcast. So there we go. <laughs> no, it rules, man. Do you do you know yeah. if you're having a boy or a girl? Have we asked you that question? Yeah, we're having a boy. All right. Yeah, yeah. We yes. thank you, thank you. It took a uh we were I was actually hoping that it would be a girl because I was like I we've got like four generations of my family where the firstborn is always a boy. And so I thought this is gonna be it. I'm gonna break it. Uh, nope, didn't happen. So we spent about six months trying to figure out a name and fighting over a name. So very, very excited. <laughs> we finally came up with a name, uh, about, you know, two, three months ago. So <laughs> very excited. I will tell you that, um, newborns do sleep a lot. So yeah. you're going to have a lot of time where yeah, you guys are fine. just going to kind of be able to hang out and mm -hmm. like. You could play stuff while that newborn sleep. Oh, I've My got husband so and I always picked. <laughs> we always picked out. We picked TV shows when our kids were all newborns. We would pick a TV show and we'd start. We'd binge something from the very beginning. You know, that's how we made it through. Like all, you know, we're currently caught up on SVU. Like we watched every. Wow, single that's a lot of TV. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that was, that's an investment. Well, that was our son was he's. 10 now and we started that when he was born so like yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. i will say that like until your kid can walk or crawl like yeah you got time man you it's do have fine. time <laughs> this is encouraging okay that, that was a sincere yeah. comment so. no they do yeah i mean they sleep a lot when they're newborns so i look forward to it. look forward to Dude's it. gonna call heather at two in the morning what am i doing i know <laughs> <laughs> Who said I was going to do that, Andrew? I might call you, so. <laughs> you don't know my phone number. That's true. <laughs> it is. Hold on, Heather. What's your phone number? No. Right. Yeah. He already has my number. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> he already calls me on a regular basis. 
All right, Drew, what do you get into the table? Or you mean me? I mean, <laughs> I just that's said true. It. Whoa, he's right there. I mean, I'm sorry. All right, Josh, what do you get into the table? Uh, well, actually, I'm I'm kind of excited. I, so I had a box show up uh, yesterday that has uh, the new Stranger Things Upside Down game by Simon in it, Ooh. Uh, and that was a uh, a purchase that. Uh, my son requested when we saw the advertising for it. Uh, we've all been watching. I had originally watched Stranger Things and, and my sons are catching up on that now. And so they're right in the middle of uh, enjoying that. And they were excited that there was a board game uh, nice. based on that. And I'd seen some good reviews. So I'm, I'm excited to get that to the table and see if it uh, if it's a hit with everybody. Mm. That'll be cool. The uh, the other game that I'm excited about and I have to I have to do some promotional advertising for friends of mine here. Uh, I just got my Kickstarter of Paleo Vet, uh, which is a game about being a veterinarian for dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's uh, it's by the uh, fine gentleman at Absurdist Productions, who are friends of mine, uh, uh, Will and uh, David. Um, uh, they're great guys, and uh, I always enjoy spending time with them. But they just got their Kickstarter fulfilled, and it's uh, it's a it's a fun little game where you. Um, you're taking in new dinosaurs into your uh, into your clinic, I guess you could say, uh, and and it's got a dice rolling mechanic where you're trying to roll uh, different sets of dice to try to treat what's wrong with them, uh, and you've got to keep them anesthetized, you know, because you really don't want that dinosaur waking up while you're trying to treat them. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. Uh, so it, it really fits the theme well, and it's got uh, it's got some really great artwork, and uh, uh, I got to play a couple of rounds of it uh, early on while we were. Uh, at a, a convention together. And so I'm really excited to to get that uh, to the table with my family and see if they all enjoy it. Is it story based? Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's a relatively simple game. Okay. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's basically everybody's trying to, I mean, it's, it's a points collection game, right? Okay, You're just trying sure. to outscore everybody else. But right. uh, as, as you pull in dinosaurs, treat them all at the same time. And, and the more that you've got going concurrently, the, you know, the bigger risk you run and stuff. Right. So, um, uh, like I say, I've, uh, I've only just kind of scratched the surface on it, but I'm excited to, to get that to the table. All right, so it's about that time to wrap it up. Why don't we go across the? Uh, why don't we go around the table and have everybody uh, let our listeners know where you can uh, be found on the internet? Uh, we'll start with Andrew. Oh, sure. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Family Gamers AA, um, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, uh, Threads, TikTok, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Facebook, uh, there's a Family Gamers community, thefamilygamers.com slash community, or just search for the Family Gamers community on Facebook and you'll find it. Uh, all of our reviews were around like almost 600 reviews at this point at thefamilygamers.com, or you can find all of them on Board Game Geek again at Family Gamers AA. Also, there's a podcast, search for the Family Gamers podcast, you know. I think I've heard of that yeah. before. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yep. How about you, Drew? Good stuff. 
You can find me at Welcome to Boredom. That's the name of my account. You can find where I'll be doing reviews, unboxings, silly skits, relatable things in the board gaming industry, hear about how I almost got scammed in a board game website, all sorts of silly things that are going to be happening and coming up. But that is Welcome to Boredom. You can find me on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, threads, you name it, I'm on it. So be sure to find me over there on that as well. Be sure to not read your rule books. <laughs> <laughs> and Heather. You can find me at Board Gaming Mama on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter slash X, <laughs> threads, uh, TikTok, uh, and I stream on Twitch. I do uh, learn and play streams. Um, I have a lot coming up in September. Um, I'm going to be doing Ummy Bunnies. I'm going to be doing Diatomes, um, Fromage. Um, I have lots of... I'm going to learn Wingspan, finally. <laughs> learn and play stream. So all that's kind of coming up. My schedules are posted online, and I normally post my streaming schedules on Twitter um, and as well in my Discord. If you go to my Twitch channel, there's a link for that there as well. But yeah, Board Gaming Mama, all social media. I love to see you all there. Excellent. Well, you can find me and my publishing company, Salamander Games, at salamandergames.com. We're also out on all the major social media elements as at Play Salamander. Uh, we're working on some new game design ideas, and uh, we should have our next one coming to Kickstarter as soon as I can get off my duff and finish the stuff that we need to get it on Kickstarter. You can find the you can find more information about this podcast at uh, cornergametable.com. Uh, we are also out on, uh, well, we're at least on threads and X and Instagram as, uh, corner game table. I was actually looking at our, uh, listener stats the other day. And <gasps> apparently we are a monster hit in Germany compared to everywhere <laughs> else in the world. <laughs> I can only assume it is Andrew's. David Hasselhoffian appeal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is <laughs> wow. Dr driving, driving our listeners from, from Germany to tune in. So that is the hottest <laughs> anybody has ever called me. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Danka, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Danke schön. Uh, but, uh, hopefully, you know, we're, we're picking up some listeners here and there and I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping more and people are tuning in. If any of you listeners out there want to ask us questions, uh, make a comment, talk about something that we've mentioned on the show. Uh, there are ways to contact us on cornergametable.com, or you can send us a message on one of the social media platforms. And we would gladly like to include that in what we talk about. Uh, so with that, I think we're going to wind up the show and I will simply say, go out and find somebody, get a game, get it to the table. Bye everybody. Bye. Y'all take care now. Bye now. <laughs>